1: Again, Samus Fendiari, other side, uh, Light Years Pod. We're at number
2: 32. 32.
1: The uh, 32. I thought there. I thought there were no Warriors with 32. I'm gonna be honest with you, and then and at least found some fun ones. 30,
2: 32 is a classic big man number, and just Warriors history is littered with just horrendous big men who we thought were gonna be, uh, you know, decent players and turned out to be nothing. So Joe Smith, Brandon Wright. Um, those are the only two I can think of. So.
1: <laughs> we had we, – every, every time I'm going to name a guy that was during the tanking seasons, during the trash seasons um, of Don Nelson, whatever. So Miko Gladness or Mikko Gladness, oh, whatever his name is. is a, is classic, is a classic from D-League not even that far up. ago. Not even. Oh,
2: yeah. Gladness is your quintessential D-League call-up who basically six fouls and that's it. Uh, but we got a special guest this week from The Athletic anthony slater anthony
3: how you doing good fellas uh you should just go all time 32 Shaq, uh when he was on the heat remember that remember uh, oh that's true and then
2: of course uh let's see magic was thirty two. too right? magic right? that's official. why he couldn't yeah, that's wear nice that's one. why he couldn't wear 32 on the lakers
3: um, I, was, so. I was a heat fan growing up so i love 32 Shaq. that's how i see him where everyone else is gonna see him 34 you're a heat
1: fan growing up
3: yeah it's kind of boring? random yeah, yeah how did that work out yeah it's uh it's kind of random uh cleveland indians miami dolphins miami heat um and it's you know i think some of it was major league and the indians were good in major league came out when i was what five six years old uh so it was like latched on to the indians h ventura's coming out at that time i like dolphins i latched on to the dolphins and i think i was just picking an nba team during football season i said miami dolphins miami heat why not love daddy jones brian grant all those teams
2: those were wow. actually fun teams. So you probably got into them with the uh, Alonzo Morning Van Gundy teams. Yeah, that was
3: like Tim Hardaway. I can remember when they were playing like the Knicks in the playoffs. I didn't care that much. I really like my first favorite player was Brian Grant. Like that was the guy I really liked first. Ooh,
2: former Sacramento, Sacramento Kings legend, just a just solid twelve and ten every night. Great player.
1: So wait, Cleveland fans. So you you not only covered OKC. We'll get into this later. You were also <laughs> oh, I a Cleveland fan. We're you're are... <laughs> <laughs> you perfect. You're perfect for light years. pod between me and Sam. Oh, oh my god! Sure. How did that
3: work out? Yeah, hey, hey all, all the luck. No, I like. Uh... I like every inch of America. You know, I, I think there's good people in everywhere. So I can't wait to get into it with you fellas.
2: <laughs> well, there are good people everywhere, but you, you got to poke at stereotypes. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so actually, I wanted to ask you, you're, you're now with The Athletic. This is your first year covering the Warriors with them. Uh, are, are there major differences working for, I guess, an online publication versus standard newspapers?
3: Yes, uh huge differences. Um <laughs> I, I guess I what have, are they is a better way to put it. When uh when Jordan Bell has a uh, toe sprain and he's probable, I don't have to go write a headline in a blog post. Uh when there's, you know, four minutes left in a frantic game, but it's ten oh two PM uh local time, I don't have to rush and get my deadline story sculpted so then when the buzzer sounds I have to send in a story three minutes after the buzzer. Um just minor different print stuff like that which i'm not blaming the print industry that's just how it is it's how it's always been uh that's their business model is still trying to make money off print but uh being able to write online with any word count i want with uh not being forced into having to write a daily story when maybe there's you know nothing needs to come on that day uh, it's just freed me up to do a bunch of you know freer stuff post game film stuff uh, longer features. I did a David West sit down early in the season. That was probably like 4,000 words. That's not fitting into print unless they're going to give me the whole sports section. So uh, it's just, uh, it's kind of the, the new age way to go, as you guys know. So it's been great. Now, I got a, I got an interesting one. I'm not, I'm not saying that you started it
1: necessarily, but I have noticed in terms of how you cover the team versus, so I, I've been in doing media for the Warriors for the past, like through four years um and you've been doing i think last year and this year right um there has been a difference between how you do it and how everyone else does it it's it's you do more video um and is that more so just to get it to get more coverage more people to see it maybe it gets you more clicks um maybe it's just an easier way so you don't have to type anything out um but you do more video in terms of practice post game like everywhere I, i found that relatively interesting
3: yeah i always did even back to oklahoma city um You know, I was actually—I remember one of the first things I did that people weren't doing. uh, I started screenshotting quotes, fuller quotes, because you know you can't just tweet out small quotes. uh, And had a bunch of people like, "Hey, man, how do you do that?" And I had to teach them like Shift Command 4. I mean, as you guys know. And then you know, when Twitter introduced like you could just like clip two minutes and twenty seconds or less like into the video, right? When they did that, I was like, "Oh, this is perfect." You know. especially in oklahoma city because there was like you know very little media presence the media that is there is like local tv that's not putting it out on twitter or anything uh it's just going on the nine o'clock broadcast in okc and and around the state and nobody's really seen it yet this was a super super relevant team where russell westbrook would have crazy viral moments all the time kevin durant was talkative you know adams Cannon. they had a bunch of guys that could talk and it was like you know, like, imagine if I just quote Draymond Green compared to if I show you how Draymond Green said it. It's yeah. very different, right? I mean, just their deliveries are very important to get to know these guys. So I just started popping a bunch of video interviews out there. And as far as, co- I don't know if you're talking about coverage, but I put a lot of, like, plays in some of them. Like, I'll, I'll have a video of a play in my postgame recap mm-hmm. or something like that. I think that just, it helps the readers and it helps me. You know, when I come back home and it's like, you're sitting there and you're like, Man, they had 19 turnovers tonight. Like, why exactly did they have them? It's like, well, let's go watch it. Because if you're watching live, you may see, you know, Curry whip a pass that that goes out of bounds, but maybe it was somebody tripped over there, or it was like uh, a poor screen by Pachulia over there. You, you know, there's just it's so hard to know what happened during a basketball play without seeing it multiple times. So I would watch it multiple times, and then it's like I can describe it, but it's just better for people to see it. And if we have the ability to just describe it but then say here this is this is it this is it right here uh it's just i think it adds to the coverage
1: because i used to i used to do that um to where i used to cut in video post game and stuff like that um back when i didn't actually have another job i had to do in the in the morning uh back when i was in like college or just moved back home um i'm gonna assume here that being at the athletics you don't have to do it on deadline or anything that helps you though because it gives you time to cut that and then to actually rewatch the game or if you have synergy or any, anything like that, take plays off those sites.
3: Yeah, and not have a post-game notebook and, and have a gamer, like I said, where you're then you're rushing back and putting quotes in. I mean, I still did some of it last year, but uh, I've definitely been free to do a lot more of it. And and you know what? The other thing is – like M- I know you guys know, but NBA.com's box scores – are so unbelievable for getting clips up, you know, within an hour after the game, you can sit there and go like, let me see Zaza Pachulia's four turnovers. And then you just <laughs> you literally go to the box score, click it, boom. And like the four clips of his turnovers come up. You can go to the play by play, pick anything, or you can just watch the whole, uh, if you didn't like the little clip it sent you, if you needed longer than that, you can just go to the uh, entire game and watch it on NBA.com. It's awesome.
2: Yes, it's definitely great. I love, um, especially if you have to like miss part of a game or you're curious about something, you can just, go on there and see whatever you need to see. But I, I actually wanted to ask you something. Um, so you, so the Thunder are, are pretty well known for being kind of um, tight-lipped with the media in general, and the Warriors are the general opposite. So um, beyond that, are there other major differences you've noticed now that you're, you're kind of in year two at the Warriors and you, you cover the Thunder for at least a couple years before that?
3: Yeah. I mean, there's a ton Um, market, obviously Um, stress level to me is like maybe the thing that uh, you can really tell it's, it's, I think a lot of it is just where the warriors are as a team right now, which is loaded with stars already won titles. There's no stress around them. Some of it obviously is the personalities, you know, Bob Myers is a lot more laid back guy than Sam Presti is Uh, Steve curve more than Donovan, but it's i just think the pressure on that franchise and, and, and the disappointments that they've had over the years and it's just it had built up over time and it's just uh, it just feels like i mean y- you watch it now think about th- uh, a warriors regular season game compared to a thunder regular season game one feels like oh whatever happens tonight happens doesn't really matter thunder games right now feel like it's like life or death for this team <laughs> um and it's just like there's just that vibe always around some of it is created by them some of it is just natural like where you are in the nba pack and order if if you're a disappointing franchise that's kind of tail spinning a bit um but it, it, a lot of it look sam Presti came from the spurs culture that's just how he is he kind of uh he so he drafts durant and westbrook those are kind of the two jewels that he gets and then right away Westbrook and really Durant, a young Durant vibe with Presti as far as like all basketball all the time. This is what they want to do. Uh, this is how they want to create this organization. And they were creating it from scratch. They came from Seattle, Oklahoma city, as you guys know. And it was like, how do we want to build this up in, you know, the, the characteristic of Westbrook and Durant and Westbrook is very serious. Um, he wants a quiet practice facility. He will. And um, they just, it's all business all the time. Uh, and Durant was cool with that for a while. I think it it was very good for these guys, him and, um, you know, Abaca, Harden, it creates these incredible, you know, great young players. But, uh, as far as the Durant exit goes, I think a lot of it is KD kind of started his personality started <laughs> into more free, you know, free spirit and what, what the warriors do, which is, you know, post game beers in the locker room, music blaring, uh, the most cluttered you guys have been to practice before, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's, like, oh, the Blue Angels are here today. Oh, look, the Harlem Grove <laughs> over there, you know, shooting something with clay. And, um, you know, the Boys and Girls Club's here. Music's playing. Like, people are walking around. Like, Sam Presti's head would explode if he walked into a Warriors practice. If you go to the Thunder facility, the carpet doesn't have, like, a piece of dirt on it. Uh, if you take a water out of the cooler, somebody's scuttling over to, like, put a water back, balding <laughs> basketballs, the label has to be out. Uh, it's very Spursy. y It's, it's kind of how the Spurs are. Because uh, and, and his thought is, he doesn't make the players do any of this stuff, but he, his thought was always, if I create this like pristine work environment around them, they'll be very like, business-like and ready to come in and work and, and uh, become the players that they have become. The problem is, when they mature and want maybe something different, uh, they might not stick around.
1: Huh. That's interesting, because all this time, meantime i have been play- blaming Russell Westbrook for, Kes- uh, for Durant leaving. It sounds like it's Sam Preston's fault. <laughs>
3: Well, you want to know well, no, the truth like Westbrook uh, Westbrook's personality was like also very much driving this um, yeah that was gonna be my question is that,
2: is that presty by nature or or um, did Russ just happen to be cut from the same cloth, and so that just kind of when you got that many or that those two personalities kind of driving that sort of culture it creates that.
3: Yeah, Russ is OCD. Uh, he he's a little bit crazy. Uh, he, if you're in the same room as him, you, you just kind of feel people walking on eggshells. And um, yeah, he's definitely got
2: a presence. You either yeah, love no it or doubt. hate it, but you know he's there.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And you know that affects that affects the mood. Um, and the but I mean at the same time, Kevin is very passive, especially when he was in Oklahoma City. And Kevin could have just said, "Hey, you know what? I want music." at practice and Sam Presley would have been like, well, if this is going to keep you around music. is going to be on at <laughs> yeah. practice. Um, so, I mean, Kevin may behind the scenes have been grumbling a little bit, but the problem is he didn't voice it maybe as much as he should have, but you know, that's just, it's everything. People want to just like pin it on one thing. Uh, but that's so hard to do. And then the other thing is like, he wasn't running out of town. Like maybe the greatest free agent opportunity ever presented itself to him. Right. It's crazy that the Warriors even had the opportunity to sign.
2: Yeah, definitely. Usually when players have to um, consider leaving and they already have a, you know, they're they're looking at situations Well, if I go there, they're going to gut the roster and, you know, can they really put something together? Uh, he didn't really have that in terms of um, you know, it it's was,
3: it was just a, a lucky situation with the cap spike and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, most years, I mean, it would have been like eight, nine teams that had the space to sign a max free agent and they wouldn't have been the good teams. Uh, and that's, seems like it's moving that direction again with and, you know, there was that crazy summer a few summers ago, but not going to be much cap space out there this year.
2: No, not at all. Um, although Rich Paul is going to definitely get all his guys paid by the Lakers. or uh, so it seems.
3: Rockets <laughs> is the new uh, rumor, right? Yeah. LeBron to the Rock. Uh,
2: I'm, I mean, I'm taking it seriously just because, like, how many times has Maury created cap space out of nowhere? So it's kind of of that, you know, if LeBron wants to go there, Maury will make it happen.
3: But, it's tough though to fit in three max guys where you only have the bird rights for one of them, uh, and two of them, Paul and ha- and uh, LeBron, you don't have their bird rights, and you know how obsessed they are with like getting every dollar right. That's like their big thing.
2: Yeah, that's it, it, tough. Chris Paul would have to basically leave, I, I think, somewhere in the range of fifteen million on the table because LeBron's absolutely not leaving money on the table at this point. So, it is a little. Yeah, it's it's a little pie in the sky, but you n- you never know. Um, I kind of look at it as I don't I don't think LeBron has any idea what he wants to do at this point. So, um, what I was going to ask you, so having having covered Durant this long, then do you notice any difference with him compared to the way he was in Oklahoma, or is he pretty much just the same guy who's kind of able to speak his mind more?
3: Um, you know, he's he's freer to speak as mind more, but I think that's been overrated a little. Like, you guys probably remember, he was kind of outspoken in the last few years in OKC, right. he, he popped off about, uh, people, you know, people were saying, should Scott Brooks be fired? And this is back when Brooks was still there and he went after the media. He kept like fighting with the media. I remember, um, one time, so st- this would have been preseason, uh, before his last year there. Stephen A. Smith went out on first take and was like, "Sources are telling me it's a done oh, deal. He's going, going to the <laughs> Lakers. He is going to the Lakers." And uh, I remember walking into practice and Kevin was like, "Hey, ask me about it." I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll ask you about it." And you know, I, he just want, kind of wanted me to tee him up, and I was like, "You know, sure." Well, you know, Stephen A. Smith said this. Do you have a response? And you guys probably remember, he like, it turned into like a back and forth of Kevin I calling him a liar and Stephen A. doing like the stare at the camera stuff. Um, oh, so, you I mean, don't want to make an
2: enemy out of me. Yeah, that was, that exactly, was actually yeah. top top three Stephen A. quote.
3: <laughs> you don't want to make an enemy out of me. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> it was great, but you know he. So it's not like he was just completely muzzled. Like I said, he whatever he wanted there, he could do. Um, if he wanted to just like speak out on politics all the time, there, like he could have, uh, because they weren't gonna like cut him and <laughs> they were right. gonna not resign him. But um, he definitely I. It's just like the the freeness of the Bay Area. I think just you can you can say wow, the Warriors seems like it's a good time, but like you, when you really get there and see, I remember he's talked about him and Mike Brown in the first few practices, like the music blaring and like just how laid back everything is. Kerr just calling off practice, you know, Kerr calls off practice more than any other coach, um, and they were just sitting there like, wow, this is kind of crazy how this operates. And I just think once you live in that a while. Uh, you're more open to things. I'm sure he has in the tech world around, you know, the Bay Area, uh, just in different spaces with Draymond Green every time in the locker room. He just has more conversations <laughs> that, that kind of opens his mind up to some things. So it's just growing as a human. But but he was growing before he left. You know, that's why he left was because he had grown to the point where he was okay with leaving. So uh, it's just kind of – it's been an interesting evolution. I can say the biggest difference – well, two things. On the court, his shot blocking has shocked me. And then off the court, he's just um, you know he he's just more laid back. But but also like the the whole him being an enemy thing is very interesting. There was no way to like predict how he'd handle that or him being a villain. um, Which I think he's handled overall pretty well.
2: Yeah, my my (laughs) thing is when is it gonna when is it gonna shift? Because I've I've seen this too many times. Like we can go back five years. Russell Westbrook was one of the most polarizing basketball players ever, and then last year he was just the darling or we can go back to lebron with miami like i i remember everything with 2010 and 11 and it's just kind of like for for someone to say oh no one's gonna respect kd again i was like lebron was in a far lower place so i I have a hard time buying that
3: Uh, what's what's interesting with kevin and the whole villain thing is like he used to like he's had some of the weirdest tweets ever. Like if you go back to like 2014, <laughs> 2013, 10, even 2010, even he would go back and forth and he would do all the stuff he kind of does now, but it's just, he's so in the spotlight now. And it's, and, and uh, people want to go after him and do go after him so much more that uh, it's, that's his biggest issue is he's always kind of had this sensitive streak to him where he wants to go at people. But the thing is he didn't really have many people going at him now. He has everyone going at him. So that's kind of opened up a part of his personality to people that was always there, but maybe people didn't realize.
1: I'm I'm a little interested about the changes on court, then, because you talked about that at first. I mean, shot blocking, we know, right? Yeah, um, he, he basically
2: but, turned into he just decided to become Serge Ibaka in addition to his entire game.
1: So, <laughs> but <laughs> more so than that, it's it's I don't so Anthony, I don't know how per, how well you knew him personally in OKC, but um when when he came to the Warriors he was willing, he seemed willing to take a step back behind Steph, but Steph was also willing to take a step back behind him. And for the first couple months last season, they danced around each other and it was like the opposite of, of I mean, look at Russ, even Russ did that this year. Um, So they did that last year until Katie went up to Steph and said, hey, you know, like you're going to have to be Steph and not be someone who you're not. Right. I'm interested to like to hear about like, was he like that at OKC? Was he always willing to be the kind of guy that was like, hey, I'll lead the team if y'all tell me to, if y'all need me to, which is what he's doing right now. Right. Like he's he looks like the best player in the world right now. Right. He's lead the Warriors to the seven game win streak. But with Steph back, he seems really comfortable and really like he prefers even. To be the guy that's just like, hey, you know, I'll just sit here and I'll drop 30. Um, if you guys need me to do the NBA Finals, I'll be the M- the Finals MVP and I'll take all the clutch shots. But he just doesn't seem like he cares for it. And that's a good thing for the Warriors. Um, I just, There's just not a controlling a, aspect yeah, to his just, game, which is
2: which is <laughs> abnormal for a, a star was, player. Because like mo- most star players, uh, good or bad, and usually for the good, tend to want to dominate the ball.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Well, he's been obsessed with efficiency since like 2000, oh, probably 12 or 13. Like I'm. I, he did a huge like Lee Jenkins profile piece in Sports Illustrated after the uh, their first finals when they went to play the Heat in 12. And it was like all about how he's, uh, you know, I remember the anecdote was this apple tree and it's like yeah you can go and have all the apples but you just how about you just pick the good apples and you know maybe i don't need 25 apples a game which like is essentially shot maybe if i just get like the crispest 17 apples which is my 17 footer that i love and you know the transition dunks and open wing three pointers and uh ever since then it's just like uh i mean he's crazy efficient for for a sharp shooter i think he would rather go 12 of 18 for you know 29 31 points, then uh, you know, 14 of 37 with you know a bunch of free throw attempts and score 43. I mean, he does not hit 40 points very often, but he doesn't hit under 20 points very often. He just kind of plays his little offensive game. Obviously, with Steph out the last few games, he's kind of been over 30, which he's very capable of if you just give him a few shots more per game because he's going to hit 50 something (laughs) percent of them. Um, but yeah controlled is a very uh good use of the word i mean he's just he's just such a drilled basketball player and um very i mean you've never seen like he's so methodical in the way he works i mean it, especially on his uh, just you know 18 foot moves i remember uh this was actually right before free agency they took uh uh he was doing like a nike kd9 release in austin texas and they took us down there and they were doing a bunch of little events but one of them included like shaka smart on the texas campus taking kd through uh, a workout and he uh, they had him doing they had us like circling him so we were like five feet away from him while he was doing these uh, like 18 foot little fade like isolation fadeaways uh and just to like be that close to the seven footer like doing this like such you know, same motion every time, hitting the shot. It was like, what you know, this is it's unbelievable how good he is, especially this up close. And then Shaka Smart said, Okay, uh, he started picking out media members who were all, you know, we're six foot or six two, we're five, you know, nine. He's like, try the shot he is doing <laughs> now. Uh and it was people were throwing up some of the worst looking shots I've ever seen. Like trying this like eighteen foot like little fadeaway. And it was like it's it just kinda gave you this appreciation like his the compactness of his moves and what he can do at his size, uh, it's unbelievable.
2: Yeah, every time I watch him, the, the two things that stand out to me are one, he's he's always bigger in person than you think, and he generally looks huge. Like he's 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 six nine the same way KG was six ten for his whole career. Like it's a joke. And then the the second thing is like how his his footwork in general is just I don't understand how he doesn't literally roll his ankle every time He's got huge feet and he moves like a guard. So I mean he's just Unreal skill.
3: Yeah, I'd say he like he doesn't do anything in basketball poorly He's pretty much plus at everything he gets sloppy with the basketball, but that's not like a lack of uh, ability He's just kind of sloppy at times. I think his mind gets to him uh, and he fails to box out a lot or probably his two issues but if you, like, name something on a basketball court, like, pretty much anything, like, he's, you know, top 10, top 15 in the league like, pretty much everything uh, if he tried to do it, like rebounding, you know, passing. But I'm talking small things, like Euro-stepping, like, basically anything. Hmm. So, but, by the way,
1: Slater confirms on the pod that due to efficiency, that's why. We're, we're back to Westbrook, uh, him <laughs> being his father that he's leaving. So, thank you. I appreciate that. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better? 80% better? It's like a step 3. That's why draft is my favorite sports site. No more getting crushed by the pros, and it's not just me. More than 1 million people that have already downloaded draft 2. Play in a real live draft site right now, be done under 5 minutes, and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want.
2: And Andy is not exaggerating when he says in five minutes. I was skeptical. I signed up, got got the draft done in about five minutes, and boom, my lineup was set for that night, and I ended up winning some money. So you guys should definitely do it.
1: Code Hard Cash. So all new players, for you guys that are joining all new players, get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use me and Sam's promo code light years. That's right. Play in a real money draft for free just by using our promo code LIGHTYEARS. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you guys will love it that they're even offering Lightyear's pod listeners a money back guaranteed up to $100.
2: It's basically free money. Enter the code LIGHTYEARS. They're guaranteeing you up to $100. So your first few plays are going to be free. And if you win, you get to pocket that money. What what do you guys have to
1: lose? So just go search Draft your app store. Go to Draft.com and come play free right now with light years.
2: Promo code light years.
1: We're gonna try not to spend the whole part talking about Durant um, because we we are a Warriors pod. Uh, me and Sam have this working theory though, Anthony, that that the Warriors, despite the fact that Houston, who wins big again tonight. Um, and look like, I mean, some people are now saying that they're the best. I mean, they've uh, just been rolling. Team in the league. Yeah, no just unstoppable, right?
3: You guys don't are, too, think the Warriors you guys are too deep into like uh, MB like Twitter, like fan Twitter, because I don't think <laughs> anyone actually thinks the Rockets are better than the Warriors right now. I think people are saying like the Rockets are the best test in the West that the Warriors have maybe seen yet. But we find think, the straw men. We find the yeah, straw men and know, we fight know. them. I don't think anyone's sitting here going, oh, they're, they're one game up in the standings. They must be better than the one. <laughs> um, I do think, though, that the that the players don't
1: – may not respect, but don't really care that much about them. Um, yeah, I was going to say that,
2: that I, I, st- I get the feeling from the team. They're, they would still I, – I don't think they fear anyone, but they – they'd still think like a full healthy Spurs is probably a, a bigger test than this Rockets team.
3: I think the coaches are more worried about it. Like the coaches are the ones sitting back and like you could talk to Kerr off the record and like, you know, he'll give a lot of thoughts on teams. And right. like he is pretty much monitoring the, uh, you know, challengers out there and like what Boston's doing and the challenges of playing against a Celtics team compared to a Cavs team or the difference between playing against Westbrook and Harden. Or, uh, you know, I think you're right the Spurs, that, that that they're worried, you know, like the Spurs to them is like a challenge unlike any other team because of the way they execute. But that's the coaches. I think the players are just like, this is a pretty relaxing 82-game preseason that they're having. And they're not, they'll worry about the Rockets or the Spurs when they need to worry about the Rockets or the Spurs. And they know that is long away, you know, far away. And they also know that those teams have to worry about them a lot more than they have to worry about them. Um, so it's just, they're just, they're kind of just chilling. You know, I think they just, casually we will turn on games and follow the league. But I don't think in any way are they like, uh, you know, trying to like, oh, we need to figure out exactly what's going on with like this PJ Tucker. Why is their defensive rating <laughs> so good right now? I just think it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Like Harden and Paul are playing well. Oh, the Thunder are really struggling. Like, all right, well, you know, we'll be there come May. Like we'll see who's like in our way. And then the coaches will come with these scouting reports that they've thought about all year. And then we'll talk about how we beat them.
1: PJ Tucker and his defensive. See, you're deep in Twitter too. So you're just oh, like no, I, no
3: doubt, Oh, no doubt. but <laughs> I mean, you guys are going after the arguments. So I'm just going after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
1: good. Well, um, cause, cause that's, uh, that, that's the other thing. They, they don't care. And so we haven't seen really what they're like last year. You could see that they're going to get to a high point that they could be better. And so uh, coming into this year, I thought, Hey, there are going to be moments where they're going to look a lot better, maybe twice as good as they were last year. They haven't even come close to even their lowest point of last year. They're playing maybe like 75% of what they were last year. And if you, I guess we want to do percentages, maybe 50% of what we want them to be this year, Um, right? Which is crazy, but it also makes, as someone you cover the team, not only, I mean, I only do at home, you do on the road too, makes them kind of boring, right? As as compared to maybe when you were covering OKC during the years that, you know, where every game felt like it meant something with
3: them. Well, there's no doubt about that. Like, you know, the game in Indianapolis tonight. Like, it, it's yeah. if you were covering that, like, there's so many storylines that are are connected to that. Um, so, yes, there. Home games, especially in Oracle, are like very monotonous. It's um,
2: essentially and, just a party.
3: <laughs> yeah, but road games have been fun. Uh, I love road games because the different atmosphere, the different way that the crowd reacts to this team that they only see once a year. Whether it's you know the hmm. anger of of OKC or or Boston's. Uh, just like lit crowd that's like crazy mm. um, San Antonio or uh, and then they, they just they seem to also enjoy the the different settings of the country you know the, the whole lead-up to it you're in that city it's not just you know pe- you know fans at home they'll turn on the tv and it's like oh they're in Detroit tonight we're watching them in like a different arena but like they are literally like in different cities and stuff it's just like it just breaks up the season very well. It's like, oh, this is our one trip to Detroit. Oh, it's going to be fun to play in Detroit. And th- it, those games are fun. And they, you know, they've included kind of wild stuff this year with ejections and uh, some of the stuff with the Pelicans and um, the injuries too have like added a different aspect this year. They're resting a lot of guys. Um, you know, Draymond's kind of beat up, and obviously Curry, and that's just allowed for different rotations and lineups. And but I mean, the truth is clearly that we're grasping for for relevant storylines with yeah. like Jordan Bell every night is like you know like what he does in ten minutes is like probably the most interesting thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I try to I try to uh, make up about seven hundred words every every game to talk about Jordan Bell because there's nothing else. Like even even Nick Young's not not that great. To, to watch just because he doesn't play that much. Um, and then you're looking at like Umri ba- Caspi back cuts, which I love, but I mean, <laughs> you know, h- how much mileage can you get out of that?
3: You know, o- only a little bit. So, Steve yeah, that was a lot out of it. Steve Kerr probably watches those plays like six times when he gets home. <laughs> actually, actually, we have a
1: that actually leads perfectly to our next segment. We have a real or fake news uh, segment. And I think, Sam, you want to ask this one or you want me to ask this one?
2: Yeah, you can go with it. It's your, it's your baby.
1: <laughs> so um, our fir- my first question is, um, real or fake news? Omri Caspi is Kerr's favorite player to watch and coach.
3: Ooh, um, I'd say real. Um, it's, it, he loves – he's even talked about the, the international game. He loves the flow of the international game. <laughs> That's obviously very much Caspi. Um, He's, you know, he talks about every time we play him, I'd watch him on film, you know, in the past year. So he definitely loves him from Cassie. Uh, Kevon Looney's right up there. But I feel like that's more of a like he really like likes this guy. And he's seen him struggle through hip injuries. It's not as much like he loves him on the court. Although, I mean, I think he likes
2: he's been He's been solid this year. But Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. But I think that's more like I'm really rooting for the kid more than like I think he just really likes watching Omri Caspi like, like you said, back cut and like make the right pass or like space properly, not call for an isolation one time in his <laughs> career.
2: Yeah, I feel I have a theory that Kerr would rather coach the Spurs roster or so, something like that where he has to do more. And, um, you know, it's more Austin's about kind roster. of. Yeah. So so, something basically he has to do more and kind of teach and scheme more than he wants to coach the Warriors roster, which is so loaded. And there it's just a different set of challenges like you're, you're trying to get other worldly talent players to care on a Thursday against Charlotte.
3: Well, I think he enjoys what he has now more like he's because he's got a great perspective just on life. And he's like, I just walked in like the greatest <laughs> coaching situation in history. So he wouldn't trade that. Right. But that is also why I do think he loves Cassidy so much. And he will point it out so much in postgame because like he's like, well, I still want this juggernaut I have. And I want to get all the fame and all the accolades and all the wins and titles that I'm going to get from having all these superstars. But at the same time, I'm really enjoying like this second unit and how David West is like perfectly. Oh, by the way, David West actually might win this. He loves the way David West passed and like his grit. Um, but uh, you know, so I, I think more than anything, he loves watching that second unit do well.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so next, next real or fake news for you? Kawakami averages more blocks <laughs> per game than Kevin
3: Durant. Well, what are we judging Kawakami on per night? What? I would say I would
2: say during a Warriors broadcast, he will block. He will have more blocks than Kevin Durant will have in that game.
3: Okay, so I think Katie probably averages more blocks per night. Katie's at what, like two point three or something yeah, like that, right? it's now. Like two and a half. But I will say Kawakami's had like much higher career highs than Durant's had. You know, <laughs> Kawakami will have those nights where it's like seventeen blocks. Where you know Katie's never going to have a seventeen block night. He's maybe more consistent with it. But you get Kyle call me on the right night and, you know, career highs are flying.
1: <laughs> Always fascinating because whenever, whenever I retweet something, it's nobody can see it. And it's funny because all the people, mostly the people that follow me, are Warriors fans. And he is a guy that covers the Warriors. So it's not like he's an it's not like it's OKC fans that are following me that are being blocked from him. It's people that root for the Warriors that are being blocked from him. It's always entertaining, always fascinating.
3: It just takes one comment. It, it, it really does just take one comment. <laughs> uh, all
1: right. Well, I got, I got one. So first one for me was Omri. Second one, I think you probably know what's coming. Real fake news. Stephen Curry is a better point guard than Russell Westbrook.
3: Point guard, yeah. I mean, yeah. Four player, a, whatever. That's a better player. Um, I think that was, you know, uh, Westbrook's been better longer, uh, but Steph's better now. He's been better since what his <laughs> first MVP season, uh, which you know I'm not hating on. I'm not going to sit here and hate on Russell Westbrook because he is a top seven player in the league, a Hall of Famer, uh, and has created an incredible career for himself. But yes, his fatal flaws. Uh, have been at the heart of the reason why the Thunders have won the title, and um, Curry's lack of real flaws are the reason why the Warriors have won too. I'm, yeah. I'm interested because
1: we couldn't get your buddy over at ESPN on our pod, he's not going <laughs> to join. But, um, um, how is it? Is... <laughs> uh, he, he hates me, so uh, probably, oh, actually, and Sam, so both of us. Um, how, how is covering? him i was covering russ um,
3: um do you know him
1: or, or was it kind of yeah, you were yeah, yeah.
3: Off, off the beat um you know it was uh, a challenge it was a really good challenge for early in my beat writing career because like huh. you don't want to just walk into the warriors and like yeah you get you know you get one-on-ones with this guy and all the stars say interesting things and they're good guys and um you know they after losses most of them are still pretty accommodating uh you know, it was good to walk in and, and work, uh, you know, I kind of worked with Darnell Mayberry my first year covering the Thunder. And like he had, you know, from Russell Westbrook's rookie year, he kind of had a uh, good rapport with Russ where you know, he could really ask Russ the tough questions where a lot of people, especially in that market. But really, you know, people might want to blame the market, but national people coming in there and they're afraid to ask Russ stuff, too, because uh, you will get scoffed out of the locker room. Huh. Um, and it's just like you j- it, it really kind of challenged me like, OK, you got to word questions, right? Uh, You got to decide what nights. Like you know what, you got to piss him off tonight because he was terrible in the fourth. He did not guard Damian Lillard. He's the reason that Lillard. I'm saying this because this is actually something that happened in Portland. Uh, Lillard had like 17 points in the fourth quarter and um you you go to locker room it's like you got to ask him about how poorly he played defensively and it's gonna piss him off but that's the only way to get a decent quote out of him mm. uh because that's the truth he's very bland unless you take him off then he actually gives like they're very short quotes but they're good and especially how they're delivered uh, and especially if you have video <laughs> yeah. of them um so you know it was a challenge but i enjoyed it number one uh, i think overall he's a good guy as far as like he's a family guy uh, like doesn't really drink ever he's like so, one of the most serious basketball players you'll ever meet i mean that guy was legitimately in practice three hours before like yeah. he you know pre-game he's there three hours working on his late team footer uh he's just a m- intensely focused ocd dude um but you know he wasn't he, he was a, he was a dick i mean he he, he was <laughs> especially the reporters um I mean, Durant and other people I've covered have been a lot more friendly and, you know, you get one, you know, they that helps your job more.
2: That actually, um, I, I, was, I was always curious about that because I feel like, well, this is a bad example, but um, no, no, actually it's not. Like Draymond can, in general, he's affable and kind of, he's a good quote, but like, I, I feel like if he flip, you know, kind of freaked out at reporters, Ritter or someone tends to kind of talk to him about that. Um, did anyone in OKC like it, it, is Russ just kind of they just kind of let him do what he wants, or is was there ever any reigning in on that? That's that's kind um, of always been something that's they, been curi- oh, I've been curious about.
3: They they both do what they want. The right. truth is, a lot of times it's like even you know, your stars can do what they want. That's how the NBA right. You're not you're first. not
2: gonna you're not gonna suspend him.
3: <laughs> like Draymond will go after people. Right. That's the only the difference is like Draymond is a very even if you consider him like an a-hole, like he's a very like fun to be around a-hole. You know what I mean? Like he's just always talking. He's having conversations across the locker room. Uh, he's, you know, even if he's like ripping on you, it's like kind of like, uh, it's like a community. Like everyone's kind of like have a good time Or Russ is just like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, get, like, why are you even in my presence? Like pregame right now? Like I'm focused. It's game time. Um, he's just like the, the, you're walking on eggshells type type a-hole. And I think that's a difference. Russ a lot of the reasons why russ is like he is with the media is because he knows if he's like that people won't ask him questions they'll they won't request them very often um whereas draymond like he kind of likes talking so he doesn't mind he loves holding court for sure the truth (laughs) is like sometimes draymond does the russ and doesn't want to talk and he either gets out of it and or he's terrible and and he's kind of mean at times but he just does it so little that you know nobody nobody cares he can just do what he wants, but that's what he wants to do. And that's what Russ wants to do. And NBA stars run the league as they probably should, you know?
2: Yeah. So it's pretty much, there's, there's just no controlling it. If, if a star wants to be that way, he's going to no no team's going to focus all their attention on like him, you know, correcting his media habits or something like that.
3: One, one difference is I will say the Warriors PR staff is very good about allowing um, a relationship between reporters and, Stars where you can go over in the locker room and chat with Draymond. And, you know, it helps in the sense of like if you wrote something or did something or said something that maybe angered the player, like they very much have a line of communication with you and you do with them that like we could talk this out, like completely off the record, you know, at at practice, after practice, whatever, you know, maybe you got their phone number, whatever, anything like that. Whereas in Oklahoma City, and this is not just an Oklahoma City thing, this is probably 17 of the PR staffs across the league. (laughs) It's very much a Uh, stay away like you know we are required to have an availability but uh, you're going to monitor any type of situations they don't want to foster relationships with players and reporters they want it to be completely like robotic yeah they want to
2: control the whole thing
3: basically yeah yeah where the Warriors are just like they just kind of uh, they trust their guys and their guys have earned the trust uh, and they just kind of let them do what they want to do. They trust them more as humans, where the other places think that like they must control the message, uh, and that that does create a, a different type of environment.
2: I do wonder if that'll change. I mean, change down the line with the Warriors when they have a, a future generation of players. Like you, you could you don't have to worry about Steph, for example, and it kind of all permeates from that. Um, you know, maybe in 15 years they have some upcoming players like 21 and a little. Um, just less uh, seasoned in that thing. If the Warriors go that route,
3: a lot of it's management too. I mean, Myers is is cool. They let everyone talk, which was stunning to me when I got here. Um, you know, if you're we're not covered the Thunder, like you can't you could talk to assistants, but like never on the record. Like you can't interview them, um, and they were kind of wary to talk to you because they're told not to, or, or executives in the front office, you know, assistant right. GMs or uh, trainers, people like that. Uh, whereas in with the Warriors, you can go up to anyone at any time. Uh, and if especially if you know them, like you don't need, to, you don't need a request. Like, Hey, can I talk to Mike Brown today? You can just see Mike Brown and be like, Hey, you know, let's chat about this. Um, and that's the is, club. Yeah. yeah there. Go that, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, that is like super rare, uh, across the league. You know, most. Yeah. I was going to, I was
2: going to ask like, uh, we're, we're harping on the thunder because obviously you, you covered them, but, um, uh, most teams are known for being some level of controlling in the way that the Thunder are. Um, I was curious, have you, what other, are there any other teams that are close to as open as the Warriors? I, I, cause I can't think of any that are generally
3: as media friendly. Well, there's two things. Number one, uh, the Warriors really get lauded for it because they're like, they do it with stars. You know right. what I mean? Like my, That's what's crazy. Like, you know, the Orlando Magic could be like that, but it's not like they have anyone that's, you know, if Aaron Gordon's just kind of dull. Your
2: Fournier interview isn't getting the clicks.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not just the clicks, but, like, the interest. And, like, you just, you know. Uh, But the Raptors, I think the Warriors PR staff won like, PR staff of the year, like, three out of the last four years. The Raptors were the only one that won it. Uh, Their PR guy actually went to the NBA, Jim LaBombard. But uh, they're considered good. Um, there are other teams um, But you know in general you will find A lot more complaining about PR staffs around the league than you will Like lotting Huh well I always find it interesting
1: Because they let me get a credential the day I left College so anybody that's <laughs> willing to Give me one is like hey They're the they're the best in my eyes I don't, yeah, I don't what, know.
3: The league's very good about credentialing um, But it's Less Accommodating to like actual like interview Requests and uh freedom of their players I got think. it got it
1: yeah i know i remember back i don't really go to the locker room anymore i kind of just sit
3: and wait for the interviews but
1: back when they used to do it when there weren't any media you could just walk up to anyone though like it'd be draymond green in a corner like sean livingstein festus ely uh Spates. Spates, right they just watch well, brandon Rush. Walk, yeah. But yeah yeah you could just go up to anybody and uh and, well, and they would I mean, that's before like, you
2: had about a you know, every international reporter ever. Eight of us. Yeah.
1: Eight of us. Yeah. It was like me, Marcus and like RIP Ethan back in the day. Um, Well, I have one to wrap up uh, our, our KD one is real or fake news. Kevin Durant finishes his career uh, as a Golden State warrior.
3: I'd say probably fake. Um, I think he'll change at some point. I don't think he's going to be in the next few years. Um, but I think he's going to have a real nice late, late career popping around to a contender or two, just being like a Dirk at what, well, what Dirk was at 36, you know, what's Dirk now, like 39 is he 39. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but I do think Durant's going to, um, pep around. I honestly think he'll play in DC at some point for a year, probably late in his career. Uh, just, that'll be fun for him to say he did. And then, because he's gonna, I, I would think with that skill, as long as the foot holds up and the injuries hold up, he's gonna have it. Like he's gonna go till near forty, just because of his skill, um, and that will just allow for so many different years. Yeah, he'll be playing to,
2: center in 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 what like seven or eight
3: years, and that'll just be yeah weird. the the Dirk type of center, right? Right, exactly. You know I mean? um, and then like you know, there's a chance he goes back to OKC at some point because time is gonna that thing's gonna that would be sell. pretty deep it would yeah, be, be cool if thing. it's like 2026 and it's like, he just has like a farewell tour in OKC basically.
2: Yeah. All right, Anthony, thanks so much for uh, hopping on with us.
3: You got no, some stuff no, to plug? Oh uh, yeah, I do actually, <laughs> you know, at the athletic, um, you know, I tweet out all my articles. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can get that. Please subscribe to the athletic. I think it's a good value. Um, I have something coming out probably Friday, that i talked to they're, so they're playing monday in la against the lakers um and it's kobe's retirement ceremony um they're retiring number eight and number 24 and like kobe is such a cultural like legend to these all these players in this era uh that have played against them or like jordan bell who grew up in la and i talked to pretty much uh, maybe not every player probably talked about nine or ten and they gave me their best Uh, Kobe memory and they were all some really good ones and then they picked eight or 24 which Kobe they like better uh and I'm gonna have that up probably Friday or Saturday um and I you know the answers are their answers are all pretty fun
2: I'm gonna lose respect for any player who said 24 it was clearly the better player
3: you know it's funny the players pretty much all said 24 and then the coach you know the coach is like or i mean the players all said eight and then the coaches were like yeah 24 like better basketball player <laughs> yeah but,
2: but eight averaged 30 what 36 a game or something like that so.
3: i believe the quote from multiple players was eight was a killer eight was a killer so they <laughs> love eight. <Yeah. laughs> i can't believe we finished light year
1: spot 32 with anthony sater on kobe bryant but hey thanks for jumping out with this man.